Hey, everybody. Yay. Ah, you guys are so lovely. Welcome to church. It's so good to see you, those of you in the room, those of you online. Actually, I was grocery shopping this week and met somebody who was checking out my groceries, and she was like, hey, I watch Harvest online. I was like, oh, my goodness, amazing, and her name was Melissa. So, Melissa, if you're watching online, hello to you, or if you're in the room, maybe you're in the room today. Either way, um, hi. If you don't know me, my name is Karen. I have the great privilege of being on staff here at Harvest full-time, looking after some production and worship and young adult stuff, as you saw, and it's just a huge, huge privilege and such an honor to get to speak to you today. I'm super excited and like a little bit nervous, but mostly I'm just, I'm so confident in what the Holy Spirit wants to do today and that he wants to speak to you, that he wants to inspire you, and he wants to just do something in us as a community. So I'm really pumped, and, and I always want to say just a huge, like, shout out and honor to our pastors, Pastor Roy and Chris. They are incredible people, yes. Clap for them. They are actually, I believe they're on the road right now, um, just getting some vacation, some R&R. So if you think of them, just pray for them, that they are super refreshed um, and come back with all the energy that they need to continue to do what God's called them to do. But they are incredible leaders in the house. I'm just super, super grateful for them. Um, so if this is your first time or you're kind of new here, we are in the middle of a summer series, as Frank said, called The Beautiful Community. And I don't know about you, but I've been extremely inspired and encouraged by all the messages we've heard. And just even over the past couple of weeks, just a fresh like realization that we're talking about the beautiful community. But actually, that's like us. That's like me. That's like you. Like we are this beautiful community. And I just want to encourage you and like wake us up a little bit to not just hear these messages as like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Oh, wouldn't it be neat if like that happened? <laughs> like, how about we actually step into our own shoes and like step into the place that we're called to be and be generous, be reconciled to God, be reconciled to ourselves, be reconciled to others, be Christ-centered. I love, one of my favorite things about Frank's message last week was, do I love people or tolerate people that seem to have different beliefs? And like for me, I'm like carrying that throughout my week. I'm like, okay, God, like I may encounter someone who doesn't have the same beliefs, but I'm gonna choose to love them. So I just wanna encourage you because I have felt really challenged, so I'm just giving you that same challenge. Um, just make sure that this is not information going in one ear and out the other, right? James talks about this in chapter one, like make sure it gets turned into action. And like the good news and the bad news about this challenge is that it's hard to do. That's the bad news. The good news is, we're all doing it together. <laughs> so like it's hard, but like just nudge the person next to you. It's hard for them too. Like we're all doing this together. So today we're going to talk about the beautiful community and the title that I've just sort of put on it is we are worshipers. We are worshipers. And I love that. Like Harvest, we are a worshiping church. We really, really are. But I just know that our God is so endless, so expansive that our worship can always go up a notch and we can always level up in our growth and in our faith. So I'm excited to talk to you today about worship. Um, and so if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Acts 16? This is also in your notes. So if you want to look at there, that's cool. We're actually going to just jump into a story around two guys named Paul and Silas. If you don't know these guys, basically this is like early moments of church and Paul and Silas are out there in the city of Philippi, 
and they're telling everybody about Jesus. They're just like evangelizing, spreading the gospel. And there's loads in the Bible about these people. But we're just going to dive into like one particular story that I really want to just talk about today. So we're going to read Acts 16, 16 to 31. We're just going to kind of put ourselves into this story and imagine what this would feel like for all these characters involved. So verse 16, once when we, Paul and Silas, were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped, beaten with rods. (sighs) Then after they'd been severely flogged, They were thrown into the prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Things are not going according to plan here. (laughs) But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once All the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household. Let's pray. Jesus, you are so good. You are so kind. We just thank you for today. We thank you that we get to be in your house amongst your people. God, we just thank you for wild stories in the Bible, God, that are so inspirational and so helpful to us today. God, I pray that you would just open every heart this morning to hear from you. And God, I pray that you would just take these words that I prepared, God, that they would be transformation in people's lives because of you, God. And there's nothing special about me. But when you come, God, and when you fill the room and when you anoint what's happening, things begin to change, change, and chains break off, God. So we just release you, Holy Spirit, to do whatever you want to do in this room. Make us attentive to hear you today. And God, I just pray that every person would walk out of this building today so inspired to get to know you more. So inspired, Jesus, to just get to know you. And God, may we be a community. Oh, the tears are coming already. (laughs) But Jesus, may we just be a community of passionate worshipers. In Jesus' name, amen. If you know me, you know that tears just come fairly frequently, (laughs) but I don't mind a bit, so I apologize if it, like, makes you uncomfortable. I'm totally good, but I just, when I just feel the Holy Spirit, it just comes out in waterworks. (laughs) 
Okay, so this crazy story, right, of Paul and Silas, and, like, they're evangelizing and, and doing all this stuff, and, like, they're in prison. They're, they don't want to be there. <laughs> and God just shows up in crazy ways. And I love that it says, at about midnight, Paul and Silas were worshiping. They were praying. They were singing hymns. And it's like, it's not about midnight. They started. <laughs> And like, we don't have maybe all of those nitty gritty details, but it's like Paul and Silas were worshipers to their core. Can you imagine like, so, and again, we don't have the timeline. So like, when were they arrested? When, when did they make it to the prison? How long were they there? But like, if they were worshiping at about midnight, you'd kind of think like, it's probably been a long day. Why weren't they sleeping? <laughs> Why weren't they resting? There was something happening within them that they were just, they were worshipers that regardless of what was going on around them, they could not help but worship and pray. And I just, I just love that, that no matter what happened to Paul and Silas, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the feeling, they physically were injured, they were still worshipers. Whatever is happening in your life, whatever is happening in my life, are we still worshipers? And just a reminder that worship is not a music genre, <laughs> right? Music is actually an attitude, an act of devotion, a lifestyle, right? Worship is not like the first 15 minutes of the service. <laughs> it is your life. Your life is an offering of worship. So I just wanted to like ask a couple of questions and consider a few things. So like, firstly, how in the world did Paul and Silas have this deep, deep conviction that they were singing and worshiping despite being arrested, accused, now they're in the prison, and all they're trying to do is like follow Jesus and spread his word. And I just have two things in my head that popped in that I was like, one, they knew who their God was. They knew. They didn't know they knew in their heart. They knew. And secondly, that their passion for Jesus went so deep. So deep that it was unquenchable. Like it could not be stopped. And so I want to ask you the question today. Do you know your God? And again, I'm like, I'm not talking about this like head knowledge of like, yeah, God from the Bible, theology, like, do you know in the core of your being, this is my God, and he is good, and he is faithful? Because like the same God that split the sea, the same God who raised the dead, the same God who healed the sick is your God, right? He's actually the same. <laughs> I love Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. Nothing has changed about who he is, his character. A second question I want to give you, hopefully you have time to get the fill in the blank. So first question, do you know your God? Second question, does your passion for him go deep? Deep enough that regardless of what people say, regardless of what goes on in your life, you still worship. By the way, I'm so challenged by all of this too. <laughs> I'm like prepping this message. I'm like, oh, this is good. Okay. Um, because I think the only way that our worship should ever change, I think, is that it should grow more passionate, right? It's like, if you've had a rough week, I hope you still come in on a Sunday morning worshiping the same. 
And again, it's not just Sunday morning, but I hope that regardless of what's going on, you continue to worship the same. And I think the only way we know how to do that is when we know God and when our passion for him goes deep. Um, So I want to share three things that happen when we worship, that happen when we worship. And these are like, I like the word byproduct. It's a byproduct of our worship. We don't worship to get these things, but these things just happen when we worship. We worship to glorify God. That's the main thing. We could just like end it right there. We worship because God is God. But these are just things that happen when we worship. So number one, worship shapes me. Worship shapes me. I love this quote from James Bryan Smith. It says, when we worship, we are aligned with the truth and our souls function well when immersed in the truth. How good is that? Right? Like when we're singing these songs on a Sunday morning, again, I'm going back to music because I love music, but like in any way, when we declare scripture, when we sing songs, there's actually truth that's getting into us and we're actually like, it's healthy for us. And one area in my life that I like recently had to like put this into practice and just experienced how worship shaped me was, um, so my housing, cha- my housing situation is changing soon, which is all good, part of life. Um, but I love the place that I live, so it's a bit sad to leave it. And then it's like all the logistics of, okay, now I need to find a new place to live. Cool, I can do this. But there was one morning in particular where I was just like thinking all the details. You know what? Do you ever have this when you're like all the details just like just come crashing in on you? And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And it's like we actually can just break it apart, do it. But I was just super, super overwhelmed, super stressed. And I was like, whoa, not a good feeling. And I was like, okay, worship and prayer is a weapon. Actually, Pastor Roy had like recently preached about this. And I was like, praise is a weapon. And I actually started thinking, I was like, okay, when has there been other moments in my life when I've needed God to provide for me in some way? And I had a flashback to, I lived in Australia for a number of years. It was incredible. And my last couple of months there, I needed a new apartment. Again, a housing change. And so I looked around and my prayer was like, this was like icing on the cake. I was like, Jesus, I would just love an apartment that's like really close to the ocean. And for some reason, I was like, may it just all have white walls. I just, the aesthetic of white walls was just like, yes, I want that. So I looked around, found a place and settled in, which was like 60 seconds from the ocean. Praise the Lord. Um, And it actually didn't sink until later that I realized all the walls were white. The couch was white. The kitchen table was white. I'm pretty sure the kitchen cupboards were also white. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. It was like, whoa. Like, Jesus, not only did you provide, but you also went above and beyond. So then fast forward, I'm sitting in my room, and I'm like stressed about finding a new place. I'm like, hey, God, you did that before. I know who you are. I know you're my provider. I know that you will never leave me forsaken, right? I started to remember, whoa, if God can do all the things that he can do, surely he can guide me and lead me through finding this new place. And then again, just for me, I like put on some worship music, just began worshiping. And it was like all of this stress was just like a cloud kind of drifting away and in came this peace. And like the reality of I still need to find a place, still need to do the practical steps are all still there right in front of me. But because I worshiped, because I remembered this is who you are, God. 
and my passion for you goes beyond my stress of the situation. And peace came in. Worship absolutely shapes us. Oh, that's my second point. Worship shapes us. Worship shapes me. And then in community, worship shapes us. And I love that, like, when one of us gets better, so, like, when I worship and I am shaped by his truth and I am carrying his truth, I'm better. I, I, I'm part of this community, so I make this community a little bit better. When you worship and you are shaped by truth, you add to us getting better, right? You are such an important part of what is going on. Okay, so worship shapes us, talking more about the community side. Just want to read a couple of verses again and highlight some things. So Acts 16, um, 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns already. They're, they're just worshipers. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once. How many prison doors? All the prison doors, all of them flew open. Was everybody worshiping? I think it was just Paul and Silas. I don't know, but like all the prison doors flew open. And everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. (laughs) Something really stuck out to me when I was reading this. I was like, wait a second. All the prisoners stuck around? <laughs> what? <laughs> like the, their chains came off, the doors were opened. And again, it's like, okay, maybe we don't know all the specific details, but like they stuck around. What in the world made them stick around? And I believe they heard something they had never heard before. They heard worship. They heard about a God who was so real and so powerful. And then they experienced his power. Of course, why would you not stick around, right? They were listening. And so here's the third question I want to ask you this morning just to consider. Get ready with your fill in the blank. What does your life sound like? What does your life sound like? Not not just like what is your worship because life is our worship, right? What does your life sound like? Because these prisoners heard something from Paul and Silas about their life. Not only their worship, but the way they carried themselves. That absolutely changed them. I got a Facebook message voice memo. You guys do voice memos? I feel like it's a new thing lately. But anyway, I got a voice memo from one of my college friends who I lived with um, in my first year there. And so I was living in a house with um, eight of us girls. Super, super fun. So there was one girl that lived in the house and like... I wasn't super tight with her, but, like, when you live with people, you get to know them fairly well. Um, But I just, like, wasn't in her core, which that's fine. We just kind of did life next to each other, and then she, like, went on after a year. And, like, I would say hi when I saw her, but, like, never kept in deep touch at all. So I haven't talked to her in, like, many, many years. And I get a voice memo from her, like, five minutes long. I'm like, what in the world is this about? And she's just gushing to me about the things that God's doing in her life and just like incredible, incredible things. She like got baptized, super plugged into this like amazing church. She's just like on fire. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, don't know why you're telling me this, but this is awesome. And then she goes, Karen, I remember living in that house with you and 
there was something about the way that you lived. I think specifically she just happened to notice that like there's certain movies I just didn't watch and there was certain music I didn't listen to and there's certain, oh, this is what it was, there's certain jokes I didn't laugh at. And she was like, that actually really impacted me. Like I really noticed that you stuck to like the way that you were living your life. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) Happy that that helped you. And, like, I don't tell you that story to be like, look at me go. But it was more so, like, I didn't know she was listening to my life. (laughs) And, like, she's a fellow believer in everything. So it's like, I didn't know that the way that I was living and the way that I was worshiping with my life actually impacted somebody around me. And it's so funny because it's like there's that story. And then, like, I feel like over the past couple of weeks, I've had incredible conversations with just, like, really close people to me that I've been processing life with. And they've had to remind me. They're like, Karen, this is who God is. Remember, this is what you've been praying for, yada, yada, yada. So it's like we need each other. And as one of us worships, we shape not only ourselves, but we start to shape the community. And so I just want to have you thinking about what does your life sound like to your coworkers, to your family? Like, I so hope that worship is not the set on Sunday morning, because if if it is, we're in trouble. (laughs) And I don't believe that it is, but like, come on, we got to carry this stuff out those doors. (laughs) We got to carry this stuff Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. (laughs) We got to carry this stuff out. Okay, one more thing about what worship does and a byproduct of worship is that it shakes the atmosphere. (laughs) That's always a fun one. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped, but Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Man, when we worship, stuff happens. Stuff just happens, and I love that. In this particular story, it's like their place of confinement suddenly turned into a place of freedom, and like a place of injustice actually turned into a place of like redemption and salvation for this jailer and his whole family. And man, when we sing, like, again, I always go back to music, but it's just my thing, but whenever we sing like Lord Send Revival, I'm like imagining the streets of Cornwall, and I'm just prophesying it into those streets, And when we sing, like, I speak Jesus over the brokenhearted, over our family members, like, I am like, let's do it. (laughs) Like, let's sing it over these spaces, over these places. And I just believe as we continue to worship, God just does some, like, amazing things. And he breaks through for us in incredible ways that we never saw coming. And again, it's like, we don't worship to get these things. That's not, no. (laughs) We worship because he's God, but he does incredible things on our behalf as we put him first and as we worship him. So I just want to encourage you again. Do you know your God? I think one of the best ways we can get to know him is just spend time with him. And you might kind of feel like, oh man, but I have like no free time. 
And for me, my car has become such a holy place. Do you drive anywhere? Just make your car time, Jesus time. You know, whatever space you have in your heart, in your head, just get to know your God. He's so good. Just think about him for a second. Like he created the world. He created you. Something that like, I just, anytime I walk out in nature, I don't know if there's any other nature people out here, but I'm like, wow. Who created the leaves? Who created the trees? Who created the cells in my body? And he knows me and he loves me. And then we have the Bible full of these wild stories of redemption and freedom beyond our wildest dreams. Can you imagine like this, like the ocean splitting into and walking on dry ground? Like that blows my mind. But the God who did that is the God who's on your side, (laughs) right? Just gets me. Can you stand up with me? We're actually gonna take some time as as we're closing, we're gonna kind of do a couple more songs of worship just to put this all into practice. But I wanna talk for a second about the cost of worship. There's like this story, and I won't get into it in detail because we're finishing up, but of David in the Old Testament and how he's like about to sacrifice for Jesus. He's about to like give God a gift and uh, he needs to buy this land. And the landowner is like, you can just have it. Like you're King David. So like, I'll just give it to you. And David says, 2 Samuel 24, 24, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Worship does cost us. But oh my word, if you think about who God is, it's like, I will pay whatever cost because he's so worthy. And I remember like as a young person in church, like in youth services, the cost to me at that time was like my reputation. It's so funny. I don't know if anyone else has this, maybe in the room or online today where you're like lifting your hands is like, ooh, not sure I wanna do that. But it's like, that's what we do here. (laughs) You know, if we were in like a, workout class and it was like put your hands up like everyone would do it (laughs) like this is just what we do here it's very biblical it's a part of worship but to me when I was a young person it was like I feel like this is going to cost me maybe my friends thinking I'm weird or whatever which I also think wasn't true because I was surrounded by Christian friends (laughs) but anyway it's funny what your mind does right so when I was a kid it was like oh my reputation as I've gotten older, it's like the cost to me now in worshiping him and offering a sacrifice of praise is me letting go of control, letting go of the things I'm holding so tightly to that I think are gonna help me or save me. So what is the cost for you today? And I, I'm telling you, it is worth it to pay that cost. And again, we are a church that we love to dance, we love to sing, we raise our hands, we shout, we do all of those things. So just feel released this morning. Whatever God may be calling you, drawing you out to, just be open to that. And before we begin to just worship, maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you actually don't know God personally. Maybe you're actually a little bit like the jailer in this story, not in the sense of occupation, but just the jailer heard something he'd never heard before. 
And he's like, wait, what, what do I have to do to get this? What do I have to do to be saved? And maybe that's you this morning. And I just love what the scripture said. The jailer says, sirs, what, do, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It's so simple. It's a heart posture. It's just saying, yeah, God, I say yes to you. I lay down my own control and my own desire. So maybe just with every head bowed, eyes closed, we just wanna give you the space to consider this and make this decision. And here at Harvest, what we tend to do is we just ask God on count of three that if that's you this morning, that you wanna make this decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life and the King of your heart, that we're just gonna ask you to put your hand in the air. And that's just something for you to signify, yes, I'm making this decision today. And it's something for us to just say, we're cheering you on. And then we're just gonna pray together. It's so simple, it's just believing in your heart that he is who he says he is. He is the same God today that paid the price on the, on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin, raising again to life to save us. That's how much he loves you today. So on the count of three, you just raise your hand in the room if that's you. One, he loves you. He loves you so much. Two and three, would you just raise your hand if that happens to be you today? Thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Harvest, can we just clap? We're just cheering. Is there anybody else? Just raise your hand today. Incredible. You've made the best decision ever. And we just clap because we get so excited about this. And maybe you're online today and that's you. Just comment just as a way of saying, this is what I'm doing today. Just write in the comments, this is my decision. And Harvest, let's pray this prayer together. So just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from my sin. You made a way for us to be in relationship. Today, Jesus, I'm choosing you. My life is yours. Have your way in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. That's so good. That's so good. Amen, amen. Well, we're just gonna take the next maybe 10 minutes and we're just gonna worship. Are you ready? And hey, we, we have loads of space at the front and sometimes it actually is helpful to just get out of your seat, do something physical. Again, it doesn't matter the people around you. Just come on down if you just feel that that's for you today. But we're just gonna sing, we're gonna worship and I just encourage you to sing along, raise your hands, do what you need to do. Just be reminded this morning of who your God is and allow your passion for him to go deep. We're just gonna sing this opening part. We don't sing it often here at Harvest, but it's so worshipful. It's just Jesus, we love you. Oh Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Oh, Jesus. 
But every song must end And you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a
your own song right now. Come on, worship does something. It shapes us. It shapes our community. It shakes the atmosphere. But we do it because we know who he is. We know he's the same God that he has always been. Come on, the sacrifices are worth it. The cost is so worth it. Let our passion run deep. Oh, oh we worship you, Jesus. Yeah. 
such an awesome message. You know, just the whole act of, you know, worship is a sacrifice, at least just a little bit, right? And I, I know like for like the military and, um, and then I, go, I, I used to go to the gym a lot, not so much anymore as you can tell, but I used to go to the gym a lot and, you know, they always say pain is weakness, leaving the body, right? A little bit of sacrifice, right? Gives you some results. And, you know, and worship is the same way when it might feel awkward, might feel awkward. People, you might feel people are looking at you and you know what? They are, okay? Just face it. But there's so much to gain. There's so much to gain when you put it into practice and just sacrifice and fall at your Lord's feet. It is incredible. Thank you, Karen, for that. So I'm just gonna wrap us up in prayer. We have an awesome ministry team. I'm gonna invite them to come forward. If you need prayer this morning, if you need prayer, if you need someone to align with you, if you don't have the words to communicate this morning, we have an awesome prayer team up here at the front that would love to intercede for you, that would love to pray for you and pray with you. Amen? So come forward this morning and I'm just gonna close this in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for everything you are. God, we are excited to be a part of your family. God, thank you for inviting us into a personal relationship with you, Father. God, thank you for that opportunity. God, allow us as we leave today just to step out in confidence, knowing that you are our Father, that you got us, that you are our rock, God, and that we can worship you, and we can worship you and indulge in you, Father. God, you are so good. God, bless us as we go. Bless our weeks ahead of us and the conversations and relationships relationships we cultivate this week. Be with us and be in every moment of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great rest of your week. If you need prayer this morning, you can come to the front.
Thank mm-hmm. you.